0: This is Zion Hebraic Congregation with me, Luke Tanner. This week's Shabbat message is from Psalm 94. You can find all of our Shabbat messages wherever you get your podcasts, and you can find them on our website, zionhebraiccongregation.com. You can also sign up for my dad's weekly essays that he writes there. And as always, our theme music is by my buddy, Evan Shaw. His website is evanshawmusic.com. Enjoy. Mm Mighty warriors arise, Freedom does nigh only away For soon is the day when we see your face On the mount of your grace And see, oh, Shabbat shalom, everyone. All right, we're going to be in Psalms 94, Psalm 94, which I think is a great pertinent psalm for everything we've been talking about, we're living, going through, dealing with. Um, so what I'm going to do is we're going to kind of read it in, in blocks in sections, and sections and talk about uh, these different sections as we go through, because I think, I don't know, for me it was good, it was very pertinent uh, for today and and the atmosphere of life and everything that we're dealing with. So let's pray and then we'll get started. Heavenly Father God, thank you for this day, for thank you for Shabbat, this time to be together, to be in your word, to learn from it. Uh, I pray that you would just teach us that we would, um, grow in you trust you have wisdom have discernment judgment uh knowledge to be able to act in accordance with uh your will and your wisdom and, and your word and i just pray that you would just guide us along as we walk through uh, wonderful times or the valley of the shadow of death either way we know that you guide us so just help us to trust and follow you and uh, speak to us from your word in jesus name i pray amen Okay, so we're at Psalm ninety-four. We're gonna read. We're gonna start. We're gonna read. Um, um, like we're gonna start with block one through six. O Yehovah God, to whom vengeance belongeth, O God, to whom vengeance belongeth, show thyself, lift up thyself, thou Judge of the earth, render a reward to the proud. Yehovah, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked triumph? How long shall they utter and speak hard things and the workers of iniquity boast themselves? They break in pieces thy people, O Yehovah, and afflict thine inheritance or thy heritage. All right, so we're going to stop there. So I read that. I was reading that that this morning. This was not what I planned to talk on today, but I was like, ah, this is just too good because it's like just exactly summed up how I feel it. It's like, where are you God hello do you see any of this do you understand obviously you know what's going on but like what gives how what do you have to wait for how much longer do we need to uh, watch chaos ensue and destruction so I feel it's the same thing he says to himself you know how long oh God uh Yehovah God to whom vengeance belongeth like he knows vengeance belongs to God O oh God, whom vengeance show thyself, lift up thy fels, fate, uh, thyself, judge the earth, render a reward to the proud. That uh, word "judge" there um, it means to uh, 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 it means to set things right. One of the first times I realized this was um, when I was studying the passage where um, the Hagar and Ishmael passage, where Abraham has Ishmael with Hagar. And then there's trouble that ensues in the family, and and Sarah says, uh, Yehovah, judge between me and you, between him and her and Abraham." And um, I think they had, I think they had maybe a troubled marriage, or you know, I don't think it was, I don't think it was what it because that word judge means to make things right, so. I I don't think it's so it's a it's a double-edged sword statement and I think she was making to her. Because of the chaos that ensues, she says, Yehovah judge between me and you. Meaning, what does the judge do? He renders judgment to try to restore or fix the situation that has been corrupted because of sin, because of wrongdoing. And so he meets out judgment to make things right again. And so God, the psalmist here is saying. Uh, lift thyself up, lift up thyself, and judge the earth. Render a reward to the proud. Verse three says, "How long shall the wicked? How long shall the wicked triumph?" I just love how he says it. That he has these this doubling of his of his statements there. Um, actually, three times, four. How long shall they utter? And speak hard things and all the workers of iniquity boast themselves I find it interesting that in, in in four it talks about they're speaking hard things and they're the workers of iniquity and they boast themselves you know they raise themselves up they make themselves authoritative they uh, speak proud things the uh, uh, they do not submit they're not humble they're not thoughtful they uh, make themselves on uh, un- uh, the unjust authorities. And then he says in five, break in pieces. Uh, or five, they break in pieces, thy people, O Yehovah, and afflict thy heritage. And that's what they do. They they break, they break the body of Messiah down. They break it apart. They separate it through exploiting i think oftentimes our own weaknesses that we have so they they infiltrate and they speak proud things and hard things and they boast themselves and they seek to fracture because what's happened right now by their edicts by the words they have said they are fracturing the body of Messiah. Churches are closed. Synagogues are closed. People aren't meeting. People aren't coming. People in our congregation used to come aren't coming now. You know, I got an email from another lady that her congregation's been closed since the beginning now. She's two hours away. She's like, you know, wants to come driving to see us. It's, you know, so they're breaking apart, you know, and so this is, this is w- warfare. They are out to destroy God's people through their words, hath God stead, you will be like, if you just obey, everything will be all right. And so this is what's going on. And he says, God, vengeance belongs to you. Show thyself, lift thyself up and judge. Render the reward to the proud. How long? How long? How long? Show the wicked triumph. Will they utter hard things, boast themselves. And they could, because they afflict the heritage. We are... God's heritage for better or for worse, which is sometimes uh oh, yeah, I know. Jeez. Like, oh, Where is his heritage, ah oh, just embarrassing. Six. Then he goes on to speak about so um so I wrote here he wants vengeance. So thyself the righteous await the revealing of God to act vengeance. This is repeated twice, he says. Uh, and then and then um number uh, so in uh, 6, they slay the widow and the stranger and murder the fatherless. So they, they exploit the weakest people. And that's what's happening today. What, what The weakest people, the poor, minorities, I mean, they're exploiting everyone. But these people are kept in subjugated places so that they can be used for... Gain for political purposes for profit for power to trump up their positions, and that while while they they pander to them and, and throw them little trifling words to satisfy them and then use them you know this is this is slavery in modern day uh, slavery and exploitation it's of like the of human in beings India, the yes in Africa, yeah they're America. they're using these uh, these uh places that cannot protect themselves in these uh, India. And in Africa, to uh, experiment with with things like vaccines, and because there's no recourse for them, there's no recourse. They know they can't do that in the U.S. because there's still a little thin veil of of people who would care and would what fight back. The vaccine should be first and foremost given for, to the care workers. Yes, the vaccine workers, workers, needs to be for then to the black and, people and black people, and then to yes. the indigenous people. Yes, There's nothing mm-hmm. because there. who are they working for? These powers that be. I don't care who you want to name, they're working for their father, the devil, who seeks to lie, cheat, kill, destroy, and name everything. You know, he is the prince of the power of the air, the, the darkness, seeking about with like a roaring lion, who he may devour. You know, this is, this is, so we're just seeing this now all come to the forefront on a physical, very tangible level that's been in the works since the beginning of time. This is, nothing is new here, but we have lived a very insular existence in, uh... Uh, in America, I think it's a little bit like God preserving his people while they were in Babylon for those 70 years and it came time to leave. A lot of them left, some of them didn't, which is what we hear about with Esther. They were were still there. And so, you know, there was chaos that ensued. God can still protect his people. We know that. He can work mightily, but um, you know, there's also the valley of the shadow of death that people walk through. So, seven. Yet they say, so, talking about, the, uh, talking about the wicked here. They say, Yehovah shall not see, neither shall the God of Jacob regard it. Understand, now he's talking back to the evil, understand you brutish among the people, ye fools. When will you be wise? He that planted the ear, shall he not hear? He that formed the eye, shall he not see? He that chastiseth the heathen, shall he not correct? He that teacheth man knowledge, shall not he know? Yehovah knoweth the thoughts of man, that they are vanity. So this is the, the rebuttal to, um, to, or the rebuke rebu- of the wicked that he says. They, uh, so they, uh, so it's interesting to me that he, he says, yet they say, and I wonder how much this happens. Like, you know, the, the powers that be or, Evil men, wicked men, I think that they know in their heart who they fight against. That they're fighting against the God of the universe. Because the Bible tells us, uh, they say, Yehovah shall not see, neither shall the God of Jacob regard it. So they say, God doesn't see. God doesn't even regard it. What's he doing? Where's your God? Why isn't he doing anything? You know, they throw it in our faces. So the psalmist says, Understand ye brutish among the people, and ye fools. When will you be wise? He that planted the ears shall he not hear. So he gives evidence. He 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 basically sets up a case and then he creates evidence of God created ears. So obviously he can hear. And he sees. And so he created the eyes, he's gonna see. He hath chastened the even shall he not correct? He that teacheth man knowledge, shall not he know. So he teaches. Man, knowledge. I think that's a really important point to, to focus on and to take to heart is where does knowledge need to come from? Where has it always come from for the people of God before there was the internet where you could get all kinds of information from other people all over the place? You were in an insular society. You were in your little village as far as you could walk unless somebody was traveling and you got a little bit of information that was probably months old. Even you go back to the American Revolution, you know, letters had to go by ship across the ocean. You know, you're talking months and years sometimes before you found out what happened. And so how do you have knowledge? How do you know how to act in this life in this world? God teaches you knowledge, God gives you wisdom, so that you know when situations arises, most of which you can't pre-plan for, you are able to act. And I think that it's been a great uh, conspiracy to, to get people further and further, one, away from just reading their Bibles, but two, further and further away from doing what's in the Bible. Because if we can relegate it to those people back then, And that's done away with, and we're something else, even if we read it, it's not for us. And so we spiritualize it for something else while we basically play ourselves through our conduct right into the hands of the wicked one. And so, you know, we have to think very diligently about what things we bring into our life, what things we teach our children, what we allow ourselves to do from, from, you know, what days we rest how do we work what do we eat you know what do we look at what do we say what do we do like these things are all instructed to to we're instructed the, on these things in the bible and the further we leave these things the better i was talking to you and merrily i've talked about this i was thinking you know who the people that are are probably the most prepared for all of this going down with as I see it, as uh, the beast system becomes more and more prevalent and more and more powerful in the world, and as we as believers will be slowly forced out of this beast system, the economic system through um, um, regulatory restraints that'll be put put on us. Uh, so if we're gonna have to operate outside of that to some degree, um, who's most prepared? Who kind of drew the line in this? So I got thinking, not that they're right nor I'm endorsing them, but the Amish, like they don't have to they're, to they're already living it you know they're in a small societies they can grow their food they have support that i'm i'm idealizing this i know that it's unprobable but you know what i mean like the biblical model was for uh there's a local synagogue And the local elders, you can walk there, you can support each other. You know, God built societal infrastructure. Granted, I know we're living in the diaspora and this is not all practical. But again, I think as uh, believers have fallen away from implementing the word in their lives on on a real dirt foundational level, We've opened ourselves up to vulnerabilities. This even goes back to when we went down to Plymouth Plantation and William Bradford was really upset when the people started moving further away from town. Because he knew the further physically they were away from the central Sabbath meeting, which was Sunday, that uh, there would be a breakdown in the moral fabric and the cohesion of the community and 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 so problems would arise and sins would creep in and it's true it's exactly what happened because that first generation uh they had good relations with the native americans they were very diligent in their up, upholding of the word of god and they even had to execute some people because of uh wrongful deaths and things but then then what happened about fi- within about 50 years the kids grew up they moved further away it's just the facts of reality even some of the uh, original colonists that were there, like William Bradford and some of the other leading men, they even moved into... And the, and the, and the community broke down. And what happened? Secularism has started to encroach. And, it, and if he was worried about that now, uh, you know, it's almost unfathomable where we are now. It's almost unfathomable. Uh, and so we as God's people, I think, are having to now, as we are, reevaluate everything and somewhat scramble because we unknowingly have have been uh, absorbed into the world system and now we're having to extract ourselves and God knows that and I think that's why he's been turning his people back to his word that there's been this move back to the Torah and uh, learning But, but, but I know even for myself you have to really Spend the time in the word to read it and then meditate on it such that you really evaluate what you're doing. Even this one book I read uh, the guy talked about and I'm not sure he, he's right and I'm agreeing with him, but he talked about how uh, tele, he was he was it was written in the early 1980s and he was talking about how television is really breaking down the society fabric communicative fabrics in the society of America and he even and he talked a lot about uh, televangelists and how they, he was like, they may, talking about these televangelists, they may be wise to go back and consider, uh, the prohibitions on creating images and creating idols. He, Cause he said, you know, there's sects of believers that will not, not create any images at all. Even whether or not they're not, I'm not arguing that point, but the point is, the point is thinking deeply about what we do and the potential consequences and ramifications. And does this stray from what God would have us and want us to do? Because everything we adopt, it's not all pixie dust and rainbows. There there are things lost when we adopt things like TV versus books, you know, uh, the internet or letters versus email. You know, all of these things have consequences and they've all been, you know... They've all been, like, the internet and all this, it was built from the beginning by the military and the education system as tools of control. And if you don't believe me, look at China. you know, the people used to think, like, oh, this would create freedom, and if we could just get cell phones in the hand of every, like, North Korean, that they'd all, you know, there'd be a revolution. No, there wouldn't. There's tons of cell phones in the hands of all the Chinese people. What is it? More control? It's just more control, you know? All right. Sorry. Where was I? I don't even know. 7 through 11, okay. Uh, Yehovah, 11, Yehovah, knoweth the thoughts of man that they are vanity. Okay, now he's going to kind of continue on. Blesses is the man. So now he's going to talk about, he was talking about the re- rebuking the wicked. Now he's going to talk about God's people. Blessed is the man who now chasteneth, O Yehovah, and teacheth him out of thy law that thou mayest give him rest from the days of adversity until the pit be digged for the wicked. For Yehovah will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance. Where am I going here? But the righteous shall return unto righteousness. I'm sorry. But judgment shall return unto righteousness, and all the upright in heart shall follow it. This is a cool section. So it's uh, 12 through 15. So... Blessed is the man whom thou chasteneth, O Yehovah. That's kind of where we are. We are in this place of chastening. We're being refined and uh, chastised to get us back to where we should be. And this is a good thing. We're blessed that God is doing this to us. But so, And then he clarifies, how does that work? How do we get refined? How do we get taught so that we can you know, be what God wants us to be when I chastise my children so that they'll be successful and prosper uh, later in life. How does he do this? And teachest him out of thy law is the second part of that verse. So again, this instruction that only can come from the word of God that will then allow us to move and work and do what we're supposed to do. We're blessed because he chases us and teaches us from by by teaching us out of his law. That thou mayest give him rest from the days of adversity. So how does this rest come? How do we get relief from all of this? By its instruction out of God's law, until the pit be digged for the wicked. So there's this, I don't know, I like that, this image of this pits being dug. It's like, I don't know, like an old Western or something where, you know, they're getting ready to do the gunfight and they're digging the grave holes, you know? It's like, yeah, the graves are being dug. It's great. Uh Fourteen, for Yehovah will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance. So as bad as it gets, as much as we may go through, as much as we may and have to do, he doesn't forsake his people. And he doesn't cast them off. Fifteen, I love this this part. Judge, But judgment shall return unto righteousness, and all the upright in heart shall follow it. So that's kind of cool, because you think about like, what is the point of righteousness? You feel like it's all vain. Why are we even bothering? It's all, you know, why arise, O God. Vengeance belongeth to you. Show thyself. Judge the wicked. How long shall they utter hard things? Eventually, uh judgment shall return unto righteousness. In other words, your righteous acts won't be in vain. Judgment, setting things right, fixing everything. Uh, will, will eventually happen. This will return unto righteousness. And all, and so then who, who's going to follow this? Who's going to go along with all of this? The upright in heart will follow it. So there's this change that's happening inside the people that is inside their heart that they will, then will choose to follow it so that their, then their righteousness will have judgment put into it to, to make things right. Uh, all right, so keep going. 16, who will rise up for me against evildoers? Who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? So here's God or the psalmist, whoever, I don't know. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Unless Yehovah had been my help, my soul had almost dwelt in silence. When I said, my foot slipped, thy mercy Oh, Yehovah, held me up. So, judgment's gonna run to the tr- return unto the righteous, and the upright and hard are gonna follow it. And then he has this, this, this plea like, who, who will rise up against the evildoers? Who will stand up against the workers of iniquity? We need to be the ones. The righteous need to be the ones that stand up, that speak truth, that praise the name of God, that declare his righteous acts. They need to stand up against the We need to stand up against the evildoers and these workers of iniquity. Somebody wrote a good blog about stand up against. You. Yeah, there's a good blog on our site that <laughs> you can read. You. So then I like this second part because I know I hadn't really thought too much on, on this, what he talks about, but I'll give you my thoughts. So, unless Jehovah had bid my help. My soul had almost dwelt in silence. I think he's saying, I almost was just going to clam up, was going to die. Unless God had by my help. When I said, my foot slippeth, I'm I'm sliding, I'm going to fall, I'm going to die. Thy mercy, O Yehovah, held me up. So, and I thought like, thy mercy, how does God's mercy hold us up? Well, then I thought, okay, well, what's the opposite of mercy? What? Judgment, right? Uh... Uh, punishment is the opposite of, of mercy. So, the only thing that does hold us up is his mercy, right? Because if we didn't have his mercy, uh, we would be consumed. We would go down into the bit. We would not be held up. And so, it is his mercy, his love, his forgiveness, not rendering unto us what we deserve, his merciful act of sending Yeshua to take the penalty of our sins so that we can stand up, so that we can uh, be <sighs> the righteous you know, before Him, to stand against evildoers and the wicked. You know, we are His representatives to show forth His might and His power in the earth against the wicked, against the evildoers. And, uh, and it's by His mercy that we're able to stand because He has not dealt us, what, you know, we're already dead, basically, right? And we only are what we are because of his mercy upon us. We already know what our end state will be, that our redemption with him. So so we should be encouraged to know that we can stand against evil and against the wicked and workers of iniquity Uh and whatever they may do or whatever may happen, it's inconsequential because our our eventual fate with the God of the universe is sealed in, in, in him. So, 19. In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. So there, that's kind of the continuation there. In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. We have our... Our comfort and our delight in, in us because of his mercy when we think on him and all he's done for us. Uh, okay, continuing on, verse 20 Shall the throne of iniquity have fellowship with thee, which frameth mischief by a law? I mean, are we not seeing that? Uh, Mischief is being framed, is being built. Uh, I just, whenever I hear framed, it's like I think of like a building, like a barn being put up and framed. Like they're building this edifice, this structure, this Tower of Babel. This mischief is being framed by their laws that they try to impose universally on everyone. Shall the throne of iniquity have fellowship with thee, which frameth mischief by a law? So it's talking about the same. I think it's talking about the same people. So the throne of iniquity are is, is those who are framing mischief by a law. And and so in other words, it won't it can't have we can't have fellowship with it. There is no fellowship between the throne of, of the throne of iniquity who frameth frameth mischief with a law. So there is no fellowship with that. There there is only dissonance. Why? Because their words and their laws are, are 180 degrees opposed. I find it interesting that in verse 5 it says break in, uh, they break in peop- pieces thy people. So they're trying to break us apart, right? While well, they frame their own structures by their laws, by their words. So it is God's words that build his people, right? His laws instruct us and give us knowledge. And their laws is what, their, is, their laws frame and build up their mischief into something else. So, their words organize and build them up. God's words organize and build us up. And they're trying to break apart God's people. But we are to stand up against these evildoers and these workers of iniquity. 21. They gather themselves together against the soul of the righteous. And condemn the innocent blood, but Jehovah is my defense, and my God is the rock of my refuge. So He is our defense, and He's a rock of our refuge. He shall bring upon them their own iniquity, and shall cut them off in their own wickedness. Yea, Jehovah, our God shall cut them off. So He will bring them down. He is our rock and our defense, and in, in the end, He will bring upon them their own iniquity and cut them off in their own wickedness. Their iniquity and wickedness. And they'll be cut off. Uh, So, that's it, basically. I just love this psalm. It was so good. So you have these these sections where uh, he's imploring God to show himself. And then he's Talking about the the judgment of the wicked that God will inflict. Uh and then how we're to stand up. Um, we're taught by his law and we're to stand up for for God and judgment shall return unto righteousness. You know, it's good stuff. There's, there's this battle. I love about this, it's not it's, just, it's not rose-coated. It's not uh it's just real, it's just real, you know, he goes from the expressions of his heart, wondering about, you know, the wicked, and why they prosper, to, you know, the, the wicked, and the judgment that's going to be upon them, to how, where we're supposed to get our information, that we're supposed to be taught by him, and his our mercy upholds us, and uh, we're to stand against the wicked, and that he's our defense, so anyways, I hope that was an encouragement, it was to me, I just thought it was awesome, And um, very pertinent, I think, in in the situation, in the day in the age that's happening. So uh, we just need to be in the Bible, be in God's Word so that we can have clarity of thought, clarity of mind, um, to know how to think, what to do, to have His wisdom, to be taught by His law. And then that will guide us to be unified. I think it will bring you, God's word will bring unity in his people instead of us being scattered all over the place. I think it's a problem is we're we don't we haven't been instructed by his laws. We've spiritualized it or done away with it or we're something else or we're gonna get raptured. Well, maybe that'd be great. But if not, you know, then we really need to look to this book and see what, you know, we're gonna do and supposed to do so that we can uh, stand and be a glory, God through all of this. Um, and I like how he ended on a good note that you know, the God does uh, win in the end, and the pits being deep for the wicked. You know, this this verse you shared is, is awesome because they frame mischief by a law. That's just such a great counter to those that beat us to death of Romans thirteen one that we need to obey government. Yeah, 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 absolutely. No, God says no. These are laws that you don't follow. That's right. Yeah, there. Just because it's a law, doesn't mean that it is moral or right, or that we obey it. We because I was reading in some of the other psalms, it says over and over, God is our king, he rules the earth, he's the governor. I think it was in the book, the governor of all nations. You know, it is a universal thing. That's why we men all over the world can say that can have freedom independent of the powers over them, because. And that's why they wanted to, like in your blog, they wanted to get the Bible. They didn't want the Bible in the hands of the people because they would see that their rights that they have come from God and that He's the only authority and that the authorities of men are subject to God. And if they are not obedient to God, then it is the duty of the people to dissent, to disobey and to take them down because they are warring against God and they are uh, afflicting his people and this is wrong uh and so you know th- it's it's no different right now you know it's just gotten more complicated because we are being inundated with more false information that's part of the problem is we are we are being indoctrinated our children are being do- indoctrinated from every single angle all the news sources all these narratives they they are not biblically based. Uh, and so that's why, like you were saying, we have to be very careful where our information comes with and always check it according to God's word, you know. Maybe we do need to be as radical as think about, question ourselves about uh, idolatrous images and are we engaging in that in our uh, TVs, you know. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that that is, but like, don't we shouldn't be so quick just to like blow thoughts off, you know. Um you, you know what's interesting part of the reason the Amish became more insular as a society when they did was because th- in Pennsylvania back in the early 1900s they wanted to break up the one room schoolhouses and they wanted to separate the kids into different grades and they said no that's not we're not going to do that that's not a biblical model and so they pulled out of society and made themselves in the insular places they were so they they switch so so what has the school system been used? To slowly indoctrinate and change the people and to break down family and Bible uh, traditions, you know? So this has been coming for a long time and we're just realizing it now. Um, yeah, it separates things. Just all of it, you know? And none of these things in and of themselves, and this is the slippery part, are necessarily bad, but it is foolish to think that there might not be any downsides and that this can be used nefariously. You know, God does God use things like electricity and the internet to reach people? Sure. But should we stay right where we are once he, you know, wakes us up? Well, I don't think so. Hey. You warriors arise, yeah. Freedom does naive me away. For so soon is the day when we see your face on the mount of your grace and zeal.